Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. Today our topic is going to be showing our love in action. Let's begin today in Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in the ninth verse, it says, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints, and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Verse 10 told us, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. The most important phrase in this verse is which ye have showed. There's nothing more important that we can do in our daily life as Christians than show love to others. Many speak about love, but never show it. They never act in love. Many times, either intentionally or unintentionally, they use loving words in order to cover over an unloving heart. We never want that to be us. Words can be deceptive, but actions show how people really are. It's been said, people may forget the words you say to them, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. That's true, because actions leave a deeper impression than words ever will. Because words can go in one ear and out the other, while actions are something that we experience, they're something that we go through, something that happens to us, which means that it's something that we're an active participant in, even if we're on the receiving end. We should always speak love, but we need to let our words go on to manifest in our actions. We need to let the words produce fruit and not end in and of themselves. Love is a powerful force, and that shouldn't be surprising because God is love, and love is a manifestation and an outflowing of His nature. But we have to take a closer look at what exactly it means to show love. The first thing we have to do is look at what type of love we're dealing with. The word for love in the Greek in this verse is agape. We know that in the Greek, there's four different words for love, each with a different meaning. Agape is the highest form of love. It's the love that God loves us with. It's unconditional, self-sacrificial love. And even more importantly, it's love in action, which makes sense because a sacrifice, just by nature of what it is, is an action. Agape is blind. It has no requirements for who should be loved and who shouldn't. It has no arbitrary self-made conditions that need to be met before it's shown. It's love that's freely given. This provides a necessary foundation if we're going to show our love. There are plenty of times that either the enemy or our own natural carnal mind will try to assert itself, telling us that certain people don't deserve our love, or they've done too many things wrong to us, or they're beneath us, so we shouldn't love them. These are all lies from the devil, and the reason that he tells them is that he recognizes the power of showing love. He'll do anything to stop you from loving your fellow man. And just like he always does, he tries to invert what God has established. He tries to make you think that love has conditions, that it should only be given if reciprocated, and that it should only be given to certain people and at certain times. He wants to confuse you. He wants to mislead and deceive you. But when we know what type of love we're dealing with, we can counteract and overcome his attacks. We know from the use of the word agape that showing love has to manifest in actions, not just words. We also see that in the use of the words work and labor, both of which are verbs, they're actions, and we only find that reinforced fervor in the Greek. 
The Greek word used for work means task, employment, a deed, an action, that which is wrought or made. The concordance goes even further to say, a work or worker who accomplishes something. It's a deed or action that carries out and completes an inner desire, intention, or purpose. This reveals one of the main reasons why showing love is so powerful. It accomplishes something. That's where words of love fall short. Words can communicate the intention. They can communicate the purpose, but they can't fulfill it. The fulfillment comes when we act on those words, when we do what we say we'll do. As laborers of the Lord, who know that the harvest is many, we should want to accomplish something. There's so much for us to accomplish, if only we'll set our hearts and our minds to do so. But as we see from the definition, there's an underlying issue. There has to be an inner desire, an inner intention and purpose within our heart first. We have to desire to love our fellow man. We have to be intent on acting in love towards them and have the purpose in our heart that we're going to love them no matter what it may cost us. So where does that desire come from? How do we get that? Before we were born again, when we were subjected to our carnal mind, we never had that desire, and no carnal mind ever would have it. It's too contrary and opposed to fallen human nature. But when we met Christ, and our mind was renewed, and we received a new heart, we were given new desires, one of which was to agape love our fellow men. It's God's will for us to love one another. That's made abundantly clear throughout His Word. John 13 and 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. This is God's will. Romans 12 and 2 tells us, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When our hearts are realigned and we want to do God's will, we'll naturally desire to love with agape love. We won't be able to help it. It will naturally flow from us. But love is a choice. It's a decision that we need to consciously make. We still have a free will. And there are times when we feel weary, feel worn out, when the enemy's attacks are bearing down on us, that we may not want to love, or maybe we want to, but we feel so hurt that we can't bring ourselves to do so. Those feelings are real, and they should never be discounted. But we can't let feelings direct our actions. That's one of the main ways that the devil tries to weaken you and render you ineffective. When we push past what we feel in the natural, striving to do God's will, no matter what, we will agape love. And when we delight ourselves in the Lord and in His will, we know that He's promised us that He will give us the desires of our heart. We know that showing has to do with action. But why do we act? What is it about acting that gives it power? What is it that impresses people so deeply when we go beyond just words? How do we prove that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? The word for showed in the Greek gives us the answer. It means to indicate by word or act, to prove. The concordance goes further to say that it means to make fully evident, showing conspicuous proof, which demonstrates something is undeniable. The prefix used on this specific word adds the dimension of abiding condition, making the showing forth on open display for all to see, obvious so no one can miss it. The concordance also goes on to say that this word always occurs in the Greek middle voice, which underlines the high level of personal interest shown by the one making something very evident. Such displaying then is always done with high personal involvement and sense of advantage. This definition is incredibly revealing because it shows where exactly the power of showing is derived from. Our action of love is proof of the love within us, the love which is the manifestation of the God of love. 
It's by love that we prove that we've been with God, that we spend time with Him, that we have a relationship with Him. We know that as John 13 and 35 says, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. The classic Amplified says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you love one another, if you keep on showing love among yourselves. The Living Bible says, Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that ye are my disciples. We're known for our love because our love proves that we belong to the Lord, that we're His. The same way that just talking about being a Christian isn't the same as actually being one, talking about love isn't the same as actually loving. People have an eye for superficiality. They're not stupid. They can see when they're being lied to or when someone's being facetious. They know when our words don't match our actions, which is why proof is so necessary. Jesus said in Matthew 7 and 16, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? If we find apples on a tree, that proves that that's an apple tree. If we find pears on a tree, that proves that that's a pear tree. It works the same way in the spiritual realm. If people see love in our life, they know that we're loving people who've been with the God of love. That's where the power is found. It's found in the God who expresses and manifests himself through the love. So what does this actually look like when it manifests? How do we tell it apart from actions not derived from love? We get some insight into this from the second half of Hebrews 6 and 10. It said, And that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Our actions of love take the form of ministry to others. Many have the wrong idea about ministry. They think ministry is something that only happens in a church. They think only a preacher or a teacher or a musician are those who minister. But that's not true. We're all ministers, and we're all called to a common ministry as believers. And one of the manifestations of that ministry is our actions of love. But what specifically are we talking about when we refer to ministry? In the Greek, it means to serve. This specific word was commonly used to describe slaves who waited on guests at tables. The concordance goes further to say that it means to actively serve, literally kicking up dust because of being on the move. It means caring for the needs of others as the Lord guides in an active, practical way. Ministering agape love looks like encouraging someone, listening to someone, helping them, forgiving them, speaking life to them. It looks like going out of our way for them, spending our time on them, giving to them. And when love does these things, it's not transactional. It's not looking for a return. It's not waiting to see what it'll get back. Love gives and asks nothing back. It gives for the joy and for the sake of giving itself. Love exemplifies what Paul said in Acts chapter 20, verses 34 to 35, which tells us, Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities, and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's go to 1 John chapter 4. In 1 John chapter 4, beginning in the 7th verse, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man have seen God at any time. 
If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 16 just told us, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. The classic Amplified says, And we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of, by observation and by experience, and believe, adhere to, and put faith in and rely on the love God cherishes for us. God is love, and he who dwells and continues in love, dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. We've known his love because we've seen it. We're able to have it and to enjoy it today. Not because he just told us about it, but because he showed it to us. The power was in the action, just like with our love. That's how we learn. We learn by seeing, by observation, and by experience. Verse 19 says, We love him because he first loved us. He had to show us love first, so that we can know what it looked like. It's in relation to his love that we perceive and comprehend love of any type and on any level. Now that we've seen it and understood it, we have a responsibility as the people of God to love our fellow men. Back in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 said, And we desire that every one of you desire the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. When we make up our minds to show love, we have to be diligent. It can't just be a one-time thing. It has to be something that we continue in, just like we saw in 1 John. And it has to be something that we dwell in, which makes sense, since John chapter 15 tells us of the importance of abiding in God as He abides in us. When we abide in God, we'll naturally be abiding in love. It's impossible not to. We have to be diligent in showing our love. That's our responsibility. There will be many times when we don't feel like showing love, times when we don't want to do it, times when we don't feel like we can bring ourselves to do it. But even during those times, and especially during those times, we have to show love. We can't allow ourselves to make excuses while we ignore one of the greatest weapons in our spiritual arsenal. Love is a choice. It's a decision that we make. And that implies that sometimes it's a hard decision. There are some situations where it's not easy at all to love. It can even be painful at first. It can hurt at first. But it must be done. There's never any excuse not to do it. This is where the sacrifice part of agape comes in. Sacrifices cost us. That's where their value is derived from. Living in love can be a costly life. It means always looking beyond the self, looking to the needs and the wants of others, and doing all in our power to fulfill those things, many times at the expense of our own needs and wants. Even though it may be hard sometimes, we still have that inward desire, that inward intention and purpose, and that's what drives us forward. The word diligence in the Greek gives us even more insight. It means speed, haste, diligence, earnestness, enthusiasm. The concordance goes further to say that it means to move quickly, speed on, swiftness to show zealous diligence, one's best and full effort by making haste. For the believer, speedy diligence means quickly obeying what the Lord reveals as his priority. This elevates the better over the good, the more important over the important, and does so with earnest swiftness and intensity. This is how we should love. 
We should be quick to show our love. We shouldn't allow the enemy to make us hesitate. We shouldn't allow our carnal mind to have the opportunity to give us reasons why we shouldn't or can't love. We should be zealous in our love, having a passion for doing good to others, wanting to see them blessed and comforted and encouraged. Titus 2 and 14 in the classic Amplified says, Who gave himself on our behalf, that he might redeem us, purchase our freedom from all iniquity, and purify himself a people to be peculiarly his own, people who are eager and enthusiastic about living a life that is good and filled with beneficial deeds. The last phrase in the King James says, zealous for good works. It's our responsibility to live a life that's filled with beneficial deeds, good works, actions of love. We shouldn't love because we feel forced to do so. We should begrudgingly have to do so. We should have an unquenchable desire to do so. Jesus, speaking of the woman with the alabaster box, said in Luke 7 and 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Today we've been forgiven, and when we think back on the immensity of God's love towards us, that he overlooked all the wrong that we did to him, erased it all, and gave us a new start, we have every reason in the world to want to show that same love to others. We need to let it rise to the surface, and we should be eager and excited to do so. Others take notice of that, and it draws them to Christ. They see God's goodness and love working in our life, and it compels them, because as we know, the goodness of God leads men to repentance. 1 John 4 and 20 says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? The same way that love proves that we're his disciples, that we've been with him, and abide in him, he proves the opposite. It proves that our relationship with Him isn't a relationship at all, that it's all talk and no action. It proves that although the outward appearance may be there, that there's nothing behind it to back it up. Hate is just as noticeable and just as powerful as love, but in the opposite direction. Instead of drawing people closer to God, it repels them. It pushes them further away from God. This is why the enemy makes hate such an easy and attractive option for us, especially when our emotions are raging and we're letting our feelings dictate our actions. Hate may even seem to the natural mind to be appropriate under some conditions, but it never is, and we can't let the enemy deceive us into thinking that it is. This is especially important when dealing with enemies, those who have continually worked against us and been a thorn in our side. No matter how much we may feel like we want to hate them, we need to be strong, pushing past those feelings and making the choice to love them. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. This is a hard and an uncomfortable saying, but this is the most powerful demonstration of agape love. The enemy has no counterfeit for this. The world can't understand it. It's something they have no conception of. And the result is that this serves as undeniable proof, conspicuous evidence, that God is not only a real, active, personal, loving God, but that He's willing to overlook our past and give us a new beginning when we come to Him in repentance and worship. It proves His ever-present, eternal, unfailing love. As ambassadors and representatives of God, Love is the best way that we can make our case to a dying, hate-filled, lonely, vengeful world. This is another reason for our showing love. The world needs to be shown love. They need to understand it. And how will they ever know if they're never shown? 
It's our job to show it forth, to let our light shine. The last thing we need to do is to look again at verse 10. It said, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed towards his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. The first phrase said, For God is not unrighteous to forget. That's a great promise. God remembers and he takes notice of all the times when you love and expect nothing back, all the times that you look past yourself to others, all the times that you reached out to encourage, bless, and comfort those around you. He doesn't take that lightly. The same way that others may forget our words, but never forget the way that we make them feel, God never forgets the impression that we've left on others and the effect that we've had on them. He cares deeply about that. Earlier, when we looked at the definition of showed, it's that sense of advantage. There's an advantage, not only for the person that we're loving, but also for ourselves. That should never be our reason for loving, but it is a benefit that we're free to enjoy when we do. When we bless others, God will bless us. The same way that God blesses us to be a blessing to others, God loves us so that we can love others. It's our job to do what He's shown us. Let's close in prayer. Lord, today we thank you for your love. We thank you that you didn't just tell us about your love, but that you showed it in action for the sacrifice of your own son on our behalf. Lord, we thank you that you overlooked all the wrong that we've done to you in the past and that you gave us a brand new start. Lord, we thank you that every day we get to experience firsthand your eternal, unfailing, undying love. Lord, grant us the wisdom to love others with that same blind, unconditional, self-sacrificial love that you loved us with. Give us the wisdom to overlook wrongs that they've done to us in the past, and give us the strength to overlook offenses. Lord, give us the ability to give them a second chance, just like you gave to us. Lord, we know that your love is the only reason that we made it this far, and we thank you that you're going to use us as a vessel, that you're going to manifest your love through us to the dying, hopeless, loveless world around us, that they're going to see the love that we shine forth through our life, and that that's going to compel them to come to you. We thank you that the harvest is many, and that our love in action is going to accomplish much. Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to show your love in action and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for His forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for His free gift of eternal life. Now, if you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank you for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you want even more of the Kingsword, you can go to our YouTube page at Kingsword Ministry, visit our TikTok page at Kingsword Bible, and visit our Instagram page at Kingsword Bible Study. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all, and we will see you next week as we continue to study the Kingsword together.